OTB GAA. I think it has become a little bit sanitized. You need somebody to bring a bit of color and wit and enthusiasm. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition, available now. Alan Quinlan is with us to talk to us about uh, La Rochelle's victory, Leicester's defeat. Alan, good morning to you. How are you? Hi, Ger, how are you? I'm all right. Disappointing weekend. But yeah, yeah. Not for the Munster fan over here, the Raj fan. Yeah, you were saying to me last night, you must be delighted. And I said, I am, yeah. It's a great match. Let's not get into that now again of who's supporting who and all that kind of stuff. Um, it doesn't make any difference to what happened and I, I, I think it's... Um Let's talk about O'Gara then. Like, uh, I was making the point earlier, he's now in the conversation for greatest Irish rugby coaches ever. Like, Kidney has a grand slam so it might be just a bit ahead of him but like what Raj has done is totally different. Um, he's right up there and obviously it doesn't feel like he's coming to an end or even that he's fully peaked just yet. It feels like He's just in a sweet spot where he's continuously learning. He could do a double yet this season. Like Yeah, he could. Um, they're in a great position. And there's a real steel and grit about that team. And um, I met people at halftime the other day. I popped out to the loo. We were on commentary for off the ball. And uh, um, I still thought Leinster would kick on in the second half. That Satini try just before halftime always gives the, the team who were way behind the lift. Um, but... I think they believe in him a lot and, he, and they're a team that have that little bit of steel about him, a chip in the shoulder. Um, there was you know, a few things that Gregory Alder was saying about being disrespected, all that stuff. But I think they had that mentality that it's real backs-to-the-wall stuff. We're going into the Aviva here. And obviously they're very well coached and the players love him. You know, I, I was there a few weeks ago where um, Ashling and myself were over. We were doing a thing for Irish Ferries and yeah, off the ball. going to come out in the next couple of days. Um and we went to the game and that evening and you know I was blown away by the, the crowd at the stadium yeah. La Rochelle what it means to them there was Brilliant fans. bands playing literally some you know speaking to one or two of the French people who could speak English a little bit like you could just see one guy said this is our lives this is our life every week it kind of reminded me of you know some of the lower tier Premier League or uh, soccer teams in England where you know whatever team you're supporting we go on Saturday, we get on the buses, we head off. This is our week, this is our lives. And La Rochelle reminded me of a little bit of that because we were... La Rochelle is tiny, by the way. 70,000 population yeah, in the city. And obviously small. there's a big hinterland where people would kind of... They'd be the, the local team. So it's, it's bigger than that. But, like, we shouldn't get lose sight of the fact that, you know, it's it, this is a... It, it's not David versus Goliath because their, their budget is huge. But at the same time, it's an incredible thing for a place that size to have fostered this level of support and now of achievement. Yeah, and in 2014, they're, they're still in Pro D2. Right. So um, this is only their fifth season in, in, in um, Champions Cup and they've won, won it twice. So it's an incredible achievement. But the point I'm making a few weeks ago is I'm watching a team here and if you told me that they're going to win the Champions Cup, I'm thinking... Because they had their stuttery moments against Ulster. They won 7-3 in January. The game out there... Um, the weather was horrendous, but they didn't look like champions. The game in Dublin, they were very co- comfortable in December when it was moved from uh, Belfast to the Aviva. You know, very good performance in the first half, but they let Leinster right back or Ulster right back into that game. So they didn't. 
and you know Ronan would probably say that they didn't look you know they were building they were very much up and down at times Gloucester should have beaten them a few weeks ago Jaron round 16 that's four, five or six weeks ago now Gloucester they, they, to get a late try to win that game so they nearly went out of the competition in the second half on Saturday obviously they they got their championship minutes as they call it and they got their their they, you, you could feel that momentum building but it's not a surprise I saw Ronan in the dressing room with those players I went down afterwards I was in the dressing room you know guys just kind of fist pumping him and he was one of the lads really which I, I was really intrigued I kind of sat back watching it um, and he seems to manage it, it doesn't surprise me because I know him and I played with him like that that he wouldn't be one of these kind of strict don't get involved with the players and you know keep that distance and I've got to be seen here now to stay away from him. he's one of the lads around her but like he's so open and honest that that's the only way he could do it yeah. just be not be himself in other words well, he was, I don't know if you heard that interview <coughs> that uh, you were just coming in there but his conversation with uh, with Ashling, it's remarkable, and we, I think it's up. I think it should all be up on our, our social, and we can um, just bubble it up again to make sure you see it. But he's talking about meshing those cultures and listening to those people from all around the world, so that you get the opportunity to understand them properly. Like basically, it's emotional intelligence, right? Yeah. Which I don't know how many of your coaches along the way you might have had. There's a, a bit of Alan Gaffney in that, was there? Yeah, there was. Yeah, I think all the coaches I would have had, they're all different. Um, I, I, you were coming through at a time when it was like, you get out there and you kill or be correct. killed. Correct, and don't get don't get to know the players, essentially, was a lot of it. Declan Kidney was the one that all my generation say, he, particularly the Munster guys, he got to know you. Right. He wanted to know what was going on at home, um, how you were behind the scenes. Others, and it's, it's no blame on any of them, were so focused on these guys have to turn up, do the job, and I don't... I don't need to have any of their problems. Rogers is the kind of fellow has a great balance and all that stuff. I've always said this, even as a player, if he stood up on a Monday morning after we lost with Munster, he had this ability to give you an absolute roasting, but also make you believe you're great as well. Mm. And that you can, and you'd nearly want, you know, you start banging the chest, say, I want to get out in the field. He had a real, and that's, it's hard to kind of foster that, Jerry. He's, he's naturally able to do that. Where is his heart in his sleeve? He's very honest. Um, I'm sure he has faults as a coach and not every player in the La Rochelle squad sure, yeah. would say Rogers amazing. There's guys probably there not getting into the 23 or a little listen bit. to them today, you know. Correct. But if you hear, to hear all the other players talk and we've heard Will Skelton and Carol Barlow after the game, um, a lot of the French guys who speak some English, uh, Levani, Bottia, um, like they all played on with mad injuries. It looked like Body had popped his finger. There was Skelton was on the ground when it was of no benefit for them to be on the ground for ages with what looked like a knee injury. And they played like basically another twenty minutes. It was still excellent. I, I went over to the hotel on Saturday morning. I met him for a coffee. We're obviously friends, and I, it was a literally pop in, pop out job. And um, I miss. Bottia, Levana Bottia gone through the hotel and I was just chatting to him and uh, Rog came over and said stay away from him he says because he's he needs to calm down he doesn't need any of your kind of uh, <laughs> uh, he doesn't need to look at you as a player he, I need to keep him calm today and I was just laughing thinking God I don't know like just for the coach to be like that with one of his players yeah. I, um, so he's the kind of play coach you'd, you'd love to play for now I'll tell you if you're not honest and you don't put in the hard jars and yeah. don't work yeah. and don't wear your heart in your sleeve and, and show what it means to you 
I'm sure Ronan would hop off you. But to hear the other players talk about him, but look, he, I don't know how they turned it around, Jared. Well, I do know because obviously, if we if we watch, if you watch back that second half, Leinster made a lot of mistakes. Um, I think they were the best team in the competition throughout the whole pool stages and the round 16 quarterfinal, semi-final, and they had their worst half of rugby in the whole uh, in those eight games. Um, so. I think they lost control and there's a mixture of obviously it wasn't just Leinster playing bad it was La Rochelle were brilliant and Leinster struggled to exit and their kicking game deserted them um, they had to make so many tackles in that second half and to be fair to them I actually thought you've got to weather the storm sometimes to win trophies yeah. to really dig in and I thought up to the point that obviously George Henry Colomb scores that try that Leinster are this is the part they'll be most proud of the way they've defended this second half um, they came up with some incredible turnovers Dan Sheehan had one over near the touchline far touchline when they, they were a couple of yards out Robbie Henshaw the one uh, the one in Caelan Doris for me is very very questionable um, and they kicked that penalty um, La Rochelle there's not enough La Rochelle players there clearing him out. Um, Jakob Piper he said he's hands in the ground. Again, technically, he's probably correct, but it's a very harsh penalty. And, you know, again, the referee comes into focus, but I don't know. I thought Jakob Piper was hard on La Rochelle in the first half and hard, maybe a little bit hard on Leinster in the second half. So it was a mixture um, but I thought the referee wasn't the influential factor in this game at all. I thought he had a good game, Jakob Piper. And it's not a game that you could start saying the referees at fault here. Just going back to Leinster's performance. For you, what did they do different tactically versus last year's final to start so well? They just executed brilliantly. Um, because you notice a big difference. Well, when you have a line out, and you know, what I noticed on Saturday was their intent and their aggressiveness and the way they attacked the La Rochelle breakdown um, and their body language. They they looked really, really pumped up. And I just wonder, in a sense, did they emotionally go to a level that it it dropped a little bit and they... Like it wasn't as if they lacked any sort of effort in that second half, but yeah, I, I think they la- lacked a little bit of calmness and a little bit of in- rugby intelligence in a sense about control. Look, there's a couple of mistakes there that are crucial. You know, they pass back in twice. Jamison Gibson Park kicks it when you can clearly hear Jakob Piper saying it was just on the 22 that it's taken back in. His kick goes out in the full. You're just psychologically, La Rochelle are going again, line out. Um, James Lowe did the same thing, basically. James Lowe sliced off the boot, and then he cleared another one as well. Um, so there was three kicking incidents there that that are unlike Leinster, and they're still brilliant players, and they're still world class players in that Leinster team. But just a couple of those things, and they started like they, they were just very surprising. You're like, whoa, that's not Leinster. They they usually do those simple things really, really well, and. Uh, when you think of their kicking game early on and, you know, the 50-22 from James Lowe, sublime, incredible, yeah, the, the way they executed that. And it just... Now, maybe it's down to the pressure and the level of pressure and that La Rochelle are a team that are really 
tough and gritty and that you, they're so hard to shake off. Most teams would have bottled and kind of, you know, went away after being 17 points down. But there's a fair bit of steel about them, to yeah, be fair. I think they, some of them, one of them afterwards said our plan was, look, they're going to start really well. And if it's 20 nil at 20 minutes and it was 17 nil at 20 minutes, well, we were calm under the post going. It's they, didn't, they, didn't, they didn't have that conversation, Gerardo, as regards, well, if we're 20 nil down. I think that the, no, but they, of course, yeah, they probably, they it was probably mentioned yeah, here. Case. And you know what? It's like ticking every box. So you look at the permutations before a sporting event and you think, Obviously, we want to score early. We yeah. want to start well. We want to silence the crowd. But and I and I would often think this: if you have a coach brave enough to say, or or somebody or a player or somebody stand up and say, "Look, if Leinster scored three tries here early on, remember we're not to give up. We need to just back ourselves. And if something goes wrong, and you know, I coach underage teams, and I always say, "Look, I would always try and say that point. Don't drop your heads if they score early on." Because I think they can score again yeah. when you're in that position. When you're La Rochelle, you have the self-confidence and belief that you will be able to come back into it. And they, they did manage to do that. One thing about the refereeing and all that kind of stuff, the um, the line-out at the end that Josh van der Fleer throws in, I'm not sure it was straight. It was right in front of us and it kind of... It wasn't straight. No. But they played on and like that would have been the end of the game anyway. You know, because that was from the penalty that they kicked to the corner instead of... And they didn't kick it very far. That's the other thing. Kick to the 22 instead of kicking deep, which... Well, La Rochelle would have been asking if Leinster scored off that. La Rochelle would have been given out saying that, yeah. Yeah. that it, was, it, was, so, it wasn't straight. You can complain about um, all you want, but like it was literally right in front of where we were and the um, uh, thing from the... Ben's dog's leg was the, the old second behind me in the crowd. Do you know how long Leinster spent 16 seconds in the La Rochelle half up to the point of... Final few George Henry Colomb's try from half time up to the try. Yeah, sixteen seconds. So no control of the game. Where does that come from? Is that it's is territory? That, um, so who's, well, it's execution number one. Um, is it also like um, the decision every time they got the ball back? The first thing they did was kick it away, and it felt a little bit like your kicking game isn't going well. So at they the kicked the ball thirty times in the game. La Rochelle twenty four. Um, Leicester barely had the ball, though. Yeah, but when, Le- like when, Le- when Leinster had it, probably they probably could have played a little bit more in their own half. Yeah, why didn't like, they? Because I think they're trying to protect the lead. And I think someone like Johnny Sexton not being out there is, is a massive loss to him. James Ryan going off was crucial, really, really crucial. Tyg Furlong going off. Furlong wasn't massive. Yeah, and like he and wasn't he wasn't doing the full warm up with everybody else. It, it, somebody said he missed the captain's run. But they're they're big players to go, and you know, Jason Jenkins is not the same as James Ryan as regards. He's a big physical player, but he's James Ryan and the line out, his presence around, his leadership. La Rochelle won fifteen lineouts out of fifteen. You got to steal one or two of those lineouts. Yeah, they didn't where's try the and pressure? steal any of them. No, where's the pressure? They'd obviously in decided the air. That they were so scared. And they conceded a lot. Yeah, and they conceded a lot at the front. And but these were out the field as well. They conceded a lot at the front. Will Skelton ends up starting to win lineouts in that second half because there's literally no contest. And then so the hooker Boogery just has he doesn't even have to throw it high. Yeah. Um. So then the mall was very good. Yeah, of and course. Like, you know the mall is coming, but you can't stop it. That's a if you stay down on every lineout, you you've got to get bodies in the air and try and, and try and go after some of their lineouts. Um, again, that didn't work for them. And look, you're trying to pick holes here and see what went wrong. For, for the most obvious one, and the reason why Leinster lost this game is their kicking game was really poor. And if you're continuously even putting the ball down the field for some of the longer kicks, 
I thought the fullback for La Rochelle was outstanding, Brice Doolan. He he knew little pockets where to run, where there was a little bit of space that okay, he's gonna get tackled, but he's gonna get twenty, thirty yards back. Yeah. He puts him in a good point where they play. And they felt, you know, in the first half of that game, James Tracy and I were obviously doing the commentary and we're looking down and we're literally nudging each other and we're going, look, Leinster will kick downfield in some of the kick tennis and the La Rochelle guys, I thought, honestly, they're walking. I thought they were out on their feet. To see the difference in the second half of those guys running back, trying to get in shape, get organised and, of course, then their big players played. Skelton, Antonio, Aldrit was outstanding. Um... Bothia, they start making carries and persistent carries and no matter who you are or how good you are when you're continuously having to make those tackles and if you look at look at the stats again you know Leinster tackles they made 183 tackles to La Rochelle 73 so people talk about the physicality of yeah, rugby you get exhausted if you're as f- 23 players okay for La Rochelle they make 73 tackles between 23 of them. So how many tackles is that per man on average? It's it's And some of them are up at 17, 16, 17. So yeah. yeah. So yeah. some players are making one tackle, two tackles. It's the defensive stuff that knocks the stuffing out of you in the game. So 73 tackles for 23 guys. They All their bench came on. Uh, well, maybe the scrum half didn't. But like, say, 20 players. That's it's, it's three, four tackles per man. Three tackles per man. Um, and obviously their back rows and some of their forwards, as you say, very high. So that tells Leinster 183 tackles. So they got they got fatigued and yeah. mentally mentally was, fatigued. It I was think. supposed to be there to Leinster's advantage that you know we're going to be the fitter team in the last 15 minutes, and we've been telling ourselves that in Irish rugby a lot. It's like oh, but it, it only works if even La Rochelle fans at the start of that game were thinking we're done here. Everybody yeah. in the stadium and. Is Ron Lugara the only person in that stadium knowing him the way you do? What's his mindset like at 17-0 down? Is he staying well, relatively you know, you know calm what? I, I, I was thinking, and it's it's obviously Ron the head coach, but what about the other coaches? Dunnick Ryan, yeah. um, he's got to get a forward pack together and literally, you know, you can go in in a situation like that and, and, and start talking about the backs and the backs coach can take the backs, but it's up front it's the forwards I, he's got to go after that forward pack uh, particularly with some of the, the tries um, the first uh, Dan Sheehan try they're asleep at the line out it's brilliant execution from Leinster um, the second Dan Sheehan try there's about six defenders on the blind side and yeah. they're all looking in at the scrum hat at, at, at where the ball is and the ball floats over them yeah, the yeah. Jamison Gibson Park it's a brilliant pass so I think he's he's really uh, central to that, what Dunnick Ryan has done for them as well. Uh, could you nearly give too much credit to Ron Nogara here at 17 nil down? Was it the players themselves who took it upon themselves to be like, this is, is going to be embarrassing? It's like. a mixture. I but think. it's also the culture he's created, isn't you need, it? You need leaders. Well, obviously, if you've had situations before that you've been behind and you've kind of fought back, yes, you have that. You, need, like that. you need leadership in, in players. But look... I think obviously Dante's try gives him a lift. Yeah. They're they're down to fourteen men, then Carbarlo's in the bin. And then Satini's try is really crucial. That just goes here's the evidence. We're we're now within yeah. touching distance. And in very simple terms, you're thinking, 
we score first in the second half and we close this gap a little bit. And when it comes back to six, then you're that one score, it naturally changes. It naturally uh, so changes. So nearly scored another try only for Hugo Keenan's tap tackle on the ankles. Yeah, and that yeah. was just before um, And so the next little bits like. like that actually gives you belief that this is changing, the dynamic is changing here. So they held on to the ball and they had the vast majority, obviously, of possession in the second half. They had so much possession and the territory was really crucial. What about at the end, right? Um, so Leinster do make the decision to kick for the corner, kick to the 22, and, you know, it, again, if they could have the decision again, are they better off taking whatever percentage uh, kicking you're going to get from Ross Byrne? Because you'd forgotten, I'd actually forgotten when... Um, Josh van der Fleer has the ball in his hand. Like, hang on a second, oh, yeah, of course, Keller is gone, um, and it is crooked. Like, it, it should e- it should really have been a turnover ball. Well, why didn't he have a shot at goal? I don't know. That's what I'm asking. Did you think that at the time? Watching straight away, I said he's got to kick this. Like the crowd is like, and we've been told about his kicking percentages are so high. Well, it's, it's, it's you're going back to that Australia moment yeah, where here's a guy in, in six months, when was in November? Yeah, is it six months? Yeah. yeah. So here here's a guy six months ago who comes on in a big international against Australia and he kicks a penalty. Uh, it's at the other end of the other side of the field and it's from the right-hand side uh, not favourable for a right-hand kicker, and he slots that. There were the two conversions that he missed. Actually, were fairly similar angle, I think. If I'm if I'm not mistaken, from the ones he kicked yeah. against Australia. Yeah. yeah. So here's one on the other side on the ten yard. It's it's on the ten yard line, five meters in. It's not easy. It's not an easy kick. But yeah, we can't get away from if, that. If you miss it and it goes short, the ball's in play, or or else they're dropping out. Yeah. And you get get a chance to, to nearly to have a rattle back. again. So it's not as if you're kicking a dead and it's a twenty-two. So, and that they go right down to your end of the field. They've got to drop the ball out from the behind the goal line. Good kick chase, even if it doesn't go over and, and they, you make a tackle, they've got to clear the touch. Now so they, they, there's a chance you get it back. So I think that's a mistake. I think, but for me, Ross Bourne has got to grab the ball there and say, I'm, I'm going for this here. Okay, so having missed that opportunity, right, and got away with the line out, then they're in a great position because they've got the ball inside the 22 and they're pummeling away. And they're in field kind of directly behind the post and I'm thinking drop, drop goal. goal. Hmm. Previous week is a great example of drop goals work. Drop goals win your matches. And they were all at the match. They were all watching it. They all knew that this had happened uh, the last week into the they, same goal. They attack on the blind oh. side and they nearly get there and you know if Michael Alalatoa doesn't make contact with George Colomb and he doesn't get sent off they still have a scrum you're thinking they're going to score here I really felt Leinster were going to score here I felt the scrum had been annihilated in the second half really like even on their own ball it was always messy you know it was Doris at the end scrambling just to get possession and trying and then they had to have like two or three men at the ruck to protect the ball so I, I could see them getting pushed off that final scrum but why didn't they take the drop goal I don't know. Is I don't know why didn't they say that. feel they had enough time to they, go for broke. I think they felt that. They, I think they felt that because the way they've played and the confidence they've shown and the quality they've shown that they, they tried to back themselves. It's like making that decision to kick a penalty to the corner or kick it over the bar. When you score, it's the correct decision. And everyone talks about, God, they're so mentally strong. Now we're looking and saying, well, maybe they should have. It's cup rugby again, you know. And I look... Some people will have a different opinion on this, and 
but I'm always of the opinion, and and I, I'm go, I go with the gut. Sometimes your head obviously is a better scenario to go. But what do you feel at that moment, and what do you feel? What would you feel if you were out there? And I would feel, and I've often had the argument over the years with Ronan or Paul O'Connell saying, take the points, take the points, or, you know, and they'd want to go to the corner, and they have, and then we score, and I go, sorry about that, lads, you know, or vice versa. But I remember one standout moment with O'Gara back in Leicester in 2006, I think it was, and there's a penalty literally just inside the half against Leicester. And none of us are thinking he's having a shot at goal here because it's a long, long way out. And before you know it, he's the ball in the hand and he's just gone. Yeah. And he kicks it. He creeps over the bar by that much. Yeah. We beat Leicester that day. Shane Jennings and Leo Cullum were playing. I remember the game. Um, and it just needed a moment like that for Ross Bourne to start moving fellas out of his way. And I got it, yeah. He has the ball yeah. and I'm just... And maybe... maybe not, even, not even asking, looking up to the stand or looking for Leo Cullen or Stuart or any messages yeah. from the sideline, just saying, I'm kicking this ball over here, I'm going to be the hero. Maybe he was injured, I don't know. There's a possibility that he had a niggle or something. And, and I w- no, we have to reiterate, it wasn't easy, there was no. a swirling wind down there. But you would have forgiven him for missing. It's the... And, and the thing is, you're not gone because... No. But the drop goal the wouldn't kick have fall short. You have a no. good chase, you make a tackle, and the possibility is them I, kicking her out. Can I ask you about this? So, Stuart Barnes is saying that all of a sudden Ireland are not as frightening because of what happened to Leinster. It's 13 Ireland starters, maybe. You know, um, it, it, probably 12 at least. Yeah, you've, you've Mac Hansen who's in the mix, Peter O'Mahony, and Tyburn. Yeah. And Bundyaki. So. Bundyaki, obviously, you know, it's... it's Henshaw Ringo is probably ahead of him. Yes, correct. Yeah. So you've 11 or 12. Of course, they're all going to cling on to this now. Mm. All the, I've seen South African journalists tweeted at the weekend and yeah. English journalists. Are they right, great. though? But sure, who knows? Let's see. And isn't it great to be in a position... That's why we play the game. Isn't it great to be in a position now that we have such a good team that people are talking about, about us like this? Um, it's a positive spin. Yeah. Uh, do, you know what, but no, do you know what? Like... It is what it is, you know what I mean? Does it create a little chink in the armour? Well, no matter what happens, we're going to the World Cup and we're kind of on a pedestal now that people still believe that they can... Are we on less of a pedestal now? So let's yeah, and it's not. It's, there's a good it's chance. a terrible thing for Leinster. I don't think it's this terrible thing because Ireland were beaten. Um, it'll make them hungry. It'll, make them, it'll, it'll put a bit of a chip on the shoulder. Obviously, Leinster winning at the weekend would have been a much better scenario going to to the World Cup. It would have been better for Irish rugby. Um, you know, they'd go into camp in the summer, European champions, um, a little bit of a swagger. It gives you extra energy. Um, but I don't think, no matter what happens at the World Cup, we know, and we, there's no need to get into all the permutations now, it's going to be incredibly difficult. It does, and this is something that they've got to now mentally absorb and deal with that this question is going to come up it's going to come up at press conferences at pre-World Cup it's going to come up at the summer warm-ups well all Leinster you know the power the physicality it's come back to bite this this Irish team again but um, different coaches different mindsets um, and I honestly think Leinster were a little bit naive and I think in the second half very much so and the coaches have to take responsibility for that as well. You can, you can, this isn't all on the players. There's messages going in and out there and they've got to take it as well. You know what I mean? If I was the forwards coach for Leinster, I'm, 
I'm wondering where where is that line out defence? Where where is why is my scrum under so much pressure? You know, you can't just pin this all on the players. I think the coaches have to take ownership here as well from Leinster as to right as regards what went wrong, what kind of messages were sent out were being sent out during the game. Um, there was some individual errors that you that are very hard to control, but it isn't completely on the players because again. If you kick the ball down the touchline, they score, they're, it's Leinster. This is what they do. Yeah. Well, in, in the cold light of day, in the first video analysis session of this game with Leo Cullen and the staff, I don't think Stuart Lancaster will be a part of it, but what are the players anticipating will be brought up first? Like you've identified a number of areas where they fell short in the second half, but what was the most glaring deficiency that Leinster had? Their kicking game. Wasn't in the second half, their penalties. all down to one man. No, no, it's not. It's not. It's down to the. Um, it's down to uh, the pressure they were under. I think. Yeah, look, they're under phenomenal pressure. Like this isn't a hanging out job here that Leinster capitulated. They, La Rochelle were superb in that second half. The pressure and the way they played was honestly surprising. I didn't think they could sustain it. I always thought before the game that La Rochelle needed to be needed a good start in this game. That if Leinster tear away chasing them is an impossible task um, but there's similarities to last year's fi- final column where Leinster are 8 points up last year they're in control in that second half in Marseille and they again their kicking strategy and execution let them down they bring La Rochelle back into the, I don't know if you remember the ball the drop goal from Brees Doolan goes behind the goal mix up between Sexton yeah um, they clear the ball Poorly, La Rochelle get a, a a line out a couple of yards out and they score. Bougri scored a try. Um, so those 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 moments and look, they, their luck deserted them a little bit. But you know the penalty count, um, the mall meters in the game were it was like fifty eight mall meters to La Rochelle. Zero to Leinster. That so seems small. The fifty eight. It felt like two hundred. But um, sometimes, and maybe looking back at this. Maybe and maybe it's something for Ireland to look at. And Ireland's mall has been very good. Yeah. Look what it did in New Zealand last year, scoring mall tries. Yeah. Leinster didn't mall at all on Saturday. No. So I think they tried to once, but then they they, they ended up going wide. So off they've no meters. Yeah. So they do a lot of the rip off the when they win the line of rip, it's peel around hooker coming around yeah. hitting Gibson Park looking for width. Um, maybe that's something they look back and say look we should have kind of mauled things up a little bit here taken them on and actually bucked the trend here of the expectation of the big strong physical pack I know it's difficult for, for when you have Will Skelton in there but Leinster didn't have any problems with uh, Mafu the Toulouse um, second row who's a, nearly bigger than, than Will Skelton um, and that Toulouse pack is enormous as well so um, there's certain things, yeah, that will look back and really frustrate them. The obvious ones were the kicking game in that second half and finding, you know, territory in the right areas. Um, you, if you remember the Jimmy O'Brien contest with Raymond Rule, yeah, inside the Leinster twenty-two, the the, the La Rochelle twenty-two, yeah, is that a penalty. It, it is, is when it? you look at it All right. in slow motion and you see that Rule kind of is. It just gets the ball just before Jimmy O'Brien collides with him in the air and then the ball bobbles on the ground. Leinster snaffle it up and you're thinking, what a moment, and then it's a penalty. 
What would you say to Jimmy O'Brien though? You can't say don't contest in the air. What I might say is uh, we... We, we could have kicked that to the corner because he actually it was one of those rare occasions where the kicker had plenty of time so if he just kicks that to the corner and if if there was a defensive if we could defend their line out all of a sudden they're inside their 22 and we're putting pressure on them and they're kicking well, the ball back Well if you don't give away the penalty you're saying is it No no instead of, instead of, put a box instead of kick up the, there yeah, yeah. Like uh, sometimes just kick it in behind them But those little breaks and moments you know didn't didn't happen for them but again Raymond Rule goes up there, very determined, and and and, and gets his hands in the ball. So yeah. very small margins. And the thing they lost by a point here, one point. I know to a world class team who have now done. Who back played to back. a world class team yeah. who played unbelievable in that second yeah. half. Who was your own player? Like the match? manfully, I thought that that those tough moments of that defence is what wins your trophies. And I thought Leinster had done enough, but look, they couldn't keep him out. Who's who's the man of the match for you? Um, I thought Brees Doolan was amazing, the fullback, and he was really central to a lot of the time that he got his team back into that Leinster half with his kicking, but also running back there, really intelligent running. Aldred obviously got player of the match, and yeah. he was superb. He was brilliant. Dan Sheehan um, a contender. But Teen, 100%. Yeah. yeah, Dan Sheehan was. The turnover he got, you think it's a match winning turnover, it's a pivotal turnover in that second half. He's just such a wonderful player. And again, I'll say it again, James Ryan going off the field. And it's not to say this but I, I, bad about Jason Jenkins, but I just think his he presence, his leadership, yeah. his ability uh, of, of moving around the field, yeah. making tackles, um, he was a big, All big right. loss. All right. It's, not, it's no crack having these conversations, but um, anyway. You did well. Yeah, thanks. Patronising git. OTBAM live with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Edition is available now. Quinny, thanks very much. Cheers, thanks, sir. OTBAM with Gillette Labs. Get the ultimate shave or your money back. Neon Night Edition available now.